WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by the all-new WBNE.org. Exciting news since last week, since all of you told me the things that were missing, I have corrected most of them. In fact, I've added Late to the Party to the website, and I've added uh, all of the Late to the Party hosts. In fact, the only thing that's missing is my wife's page, and it's because I was like, hey, Emily, what should I write for your bio? And she was like, oh, I'm bad at these things. And then she walked away. So that's where I'm at on that one. But I promise you, it's in the works. Uh, check out the great all-new WBNE.org. There's like, you can listen to all the shows there. You can check out like bios on all the shows. You can just like donate money to us if you think that would be beneficial. It would be because then we can do more things. Uh, let's see. What else is on WBNE.org? Oh, you remember the Perry the Platypus thing? I will give you a digital high five if you find the fan page, Perry the Platypus on WBNE.org. I'll give you, I'll give you a digital high five. That's, that's. There's only one of those in existence, and I haven't even distributed it yet. So that's pretty valuable. That's like Charizard kind of money. Anyway, check it out. Thank you so much for listening to this show and all the great shows on WBNA.org. Uh, and all the bad ones, too. And all the bad ones. So, like, the good shows like this and, and talking About and Late to the Party and the bad ones like Bagels. I'm kidding. Bagels is fantastic. There was no new episode this week because, I don't know, it's hard. Okay, but here we are. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the website. And thanks for just... I don't know, being so handsome. You look so good today. I really like that color on you. And if nobody else has told you today, I'm proud of you. Howdy, eggs, and welcome back to Burger Days. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Hill. And today we're completing our journey. Or maybe we're just setting ourselves on fire. So reforge the sword of your slain ancestor. And call in the centuries all debt with the king of a goat, an army of ghosts that conveniently lives right next to your campsite. Because today we're bringing you the Lord of the Rings, colon, the return of the king. Ethan, we're also joined by none other than Mary Clay What? It's me. You For never would have guessed. The Is la- it the third week or the fourth week? I feel like we just did something with you, didn't we? Uh, we did holes like oh, two months ago. That's what it was. I've been on Welcome. a lot lately, so I understand if this is my last invitation for Bacon and Eggs. <laughs> it, it'll be your last for a while, for sure. For <laughs> I, sure. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it won't be. I'm totally cool with having you here. You're a very easy guest. Not that there's any uneasy guests, but you, like, know our email address when we're done. So that saves us a moment. Right, but, like, so I'm looking forward to just having a you and me talk about a movie conversation. Hey! I know. I was, thinking, I was thinking about next week when we have to record on election night. I want to do the, 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 I think it was 2002 film Head of State. You keep saying that, but I don't want to cover that movie. Oh. You should cover so that's why the I purge. Something else. The purge. We'll talk about I don't it, but want you, to cover the purge. You do not have my permission to just say what or movie you feel like doing. Day, or We've done Independence Day. We'll no, we do haven't. it again. We haven't? We have not done Independence Day, no. Or... I had to watch Independence Day. Was you should that not do for my date podcast? with the president's daughter. It was not for this podcast. Uh, you just watched it because why wouldn't you? We you should, should have already pilot. seen it. We should watch the pilot of Corey in the House. We should watch Max Keeble's Big Move. Yes! Okay, Corey in the House is at least about the White House. I was trying to go for something. No, really. I think you should I don't know what Corey in the house is. Daughter. It's what? a spinoff of, of, of That's, so, that's Raven, so Raven, but it, wa- it was like canceled after one season, and that's mm, all you anyway, need to know. Uh, this movie was directed by Peter Jackson, came out December 18th, 2003, 6,158 days ago on a $94 million budget. It made uh, $142 billion worldwide. What I have written here, though, is $142... Uh, uh, no, one, $1.142 Yeah, sorry, $1.142 billion, $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. $1. worldwide. <laughs> 
is what I wrote somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah, one, $1. $1.142 billion worldwide. I got a 93 critic score and an 86 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the lowest of the trilogy for both those scores, and a 94 on Metacritic, which is the highest of the trilogy for that score. Uh, Interesting. Ethan, I want to know your score, Ethan. Well, we have things to do before we do that. Oh, we do? Well, yeah, we have Let's read we have some reviews. reviews. Let's read the, some reviews. Yeah. I've got I've got a positive review here from James Christopher from The Times in the UK, which is basically the same as New Zealand because they're not America and they speak English. Uh, and he says, they speak the sense of closure is quite... The sense of closure is exquisite, but I'm not sure I'm able to forgive Peter Jackson for the three years he has been, that he has taken to put on the screen. I didn't understand a word you just said. The wait has been excruciating. I'll, Why do I'll you do think again. that every journalist <laughs> in the UK sounds like a bad Cockney accent? Sounds like Dick Van Dyke, yeah. Sounds like, yeah, Dick Van Dyke doing... The sense of closure is quite exquisite, but I'm not sure I'm able to forgive Peter Jackson for the three years that he has taken to put it on the Well, screen. the old world gets its Lord of the Rings from Greenwich, but they say Greenwich gets its Lord of the Rings from Admiral Boom. The wait has been excruciating. Has been excruciating. <laughs> Ethan, do you have a negative review? I got a negative review also from London uh, from Antonia Quirk. Oh, you can do it too? Viggo Mortensen's Aragorn is the good king of the title, and while the actor may look fetching in a crown and cloak, mm. he does not quite have half of the gravitas of Sean Bean's Boromir no. in the first film. What? <laughs> no. And I just want to say, that's such a Boromir thing to say. <laughs> that is such a cold take. Oh my god! And that was written in December of 2017. It was it wasn't written even by like Boromir. Anto- That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, Sean yeah. Bean. That that is Sean Bean in a trench coat, pretending to be <laughs> a, a female journalist. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, we got a binary review of one on this movie. Yeah, absolutely. You have to see this. I don't know about that. No, the third movie in a trilogy is always a one, because if you started the other two, you have to see it, right? You have to see it through. Also, why would you not give this a one? I went, how old am I? 26 years of my life without, I'm not 26 years old. I'm 25. I don't know what year it is. (laughs) I'm old. I went 25 years of my life without seeing this, and I I went. Uh, those were those were good years. So I don't think you necessarily have they, to. But see you it. were missing something from your life. Like you Not were missing really. two best. You friends, just refused to group chat. You just refused to like engage with the culture in any way with regards. No, to it movies. wasn't even that. I refused to engage with it. It was just never presented to me, so I didn't engage. But it was. It was presented That's to you, just like it was presented, presented to everybody to else. No, it, it was presented no, it to you five years ago. You watched Fellowship of the Ring and tweeted about it. Uh, for a class that I was forced to watch for a class. That's I would Rebel, say that's you presenting were, it you to were you. were sentient when this came out in theaters. I was six, no, seven. Okay. I was seven. Yeah. Seven to, to nine years of, old in, in these movies. Uh, when was I when born? When were you born? I was Because I was eight. ten. So you'd have been eight. Yeah. So I was, yeah, six, seven, and eight years old is not, does not make for a good audience okay, member but, for a three hour movie. Does. I saw, I saw Fellowship when I was eight. That's great seven times um, i'm gonna present something to you called um uh i don't know i don't know the words for anything anymore all God, i know is what you, am I thinking of? you should see this is your life better now that you have seen it because prior to seeing this you had n- well i mean you had the group chat for like 12 months but like prior to embarking on embarking em- prior to embarking in the journey prior to embarking in the journey you quest, did not have an aragorn fetish and now we you weren't do. friends <laughs> and you weren't tiktok famous and now you hang are. On, hang on. So I need to. I would say your life has improved for the better 
for watching Return of the King. Was there no finality to this? Was, were, when you finished the movie, were you not like, wow, I really did it? Or were you just like, all right, well, that was something. Time to start The Hobbit. Okay, the phrase I was thinking of five oh minutes ago that I couldn't think of is, let me present to you a thing called gender roles. And that is oh, why yeah, I, I was not taken to roles. see. That's why I was not taken to see Lord of the Rings when I was six or seven or eight years old. The end. Um, uh, that's called bad parenting. I'm not going to argue with it. You with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think your parents are great. <laughs> I had and I a love stroke them. twenty times already, and we're Hello, ten Mary minutes Clay's into this. Mom and dad, I'm glad to meet you. I, she's told me all about you. You did make I'm a point of not, not taking your, your young daughter to see Lord of the Rings, though. I just and do I, want I, you to know. To that. be honest with you, I'm not mad. It's a small critique. I, I mean, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes. She came parent, out okay so on the I other end. <laughs> Did I, I know? <laughs> I would say, I would say. I'm a big Clay, fan. Clay, not a middle name. You don't need to use it as a first name. Uh, Except it's not Mary my first name. It's, it's just both. Right, but like you don't get to just go by your first and middle name and then yeah, get mad when people call you your first name. That's not how that language That wasn't works. my choice. That wasn't my choice. Okay, but like you don't get to, I'm talking. I'm not talking to either of you. I'm talking. Don't get to get mad at to, They're not listening, Tyler. That's how names work. If you send it to them. They will listen. I'll get a text message from Dillard and he'll be like, bro, I appreciate you talking to my parents about that. We, we sat down, we talked about it. We decided we're going to change your name. <laughs> Yeah. I um I didn't even get to save the date for my brother's wedding, so I think, I think you underestimate that. Your brother is named after a department store, and like not even the best after one. My father, so. so your dad's named after a department store then. Well, my dad is what named if, after if, his father. Okay, well your granddad's named after a department store then. Well, my granddad dad was named after his father. You're the worst people. You're the worst people. <laughs> That is the most white person <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Mary Claire, uh, on a scale of a zero to 100, how would you rate this movie? Um, 90? Yeah, 90? Yeah, I okay. don't know. We'll I'm see. I'm glad you feel that way. Ethan, I want to know your score. Okay, so this one's tough for me, right? Um, Because for the past t- two weeks and roughly three years, you've been like, Two Towers is the best. And There's I still, no conversation here. And it still is, though. It's not. Well, I, I like it? Yes, it is. Um, Because it still is the Battle of Helm's Deep. And, uh, not it as good as Pelennor Fields. Okay, but it's better, though. But it's just better. No, it's, not. it's a better, it's a better no, it's not. cinematic battle. No, it's um, not. Yes, it is. It just is. It, you're you're incorrect. This is fact. No, and we know you're it. wrong. I'm not. No, it's not. I like the one where Gandalf is like, "You shall not." Pass. Because this is this is like this has 27 like different one. battles in it, and none of them ever quite amount to anything, right? Uh, the way Helm's Deep does. Mm, mm, don't know that I agree there. Give there your is rating, a ghost and army. then we'll discuss. Yeah. Okay, but like the ghost army is a full on like literal Deus Ex Machina. They called yes. on like the ghost army for me is a step too far, legitimately. Um, um, I can I can cop to a lot of shit that happens in the Tolkien universe. Um, but there being an army of ghosts that can only be controlled by the King of Gondor, but only if his sword is reformed and given a different name, goes a little bit too far for me. Just give your rating. Okay. Somebody's a sourpuss tonight. I'm not here for it. Is I, it you? Are no, you the sourpuss, just... Ethan? No, I'm not. <laughs> I want to know your rating. I want to know how you feel about this movie. On the other hand, um, this is worse than The Two Towers for one specific reason. And I don't know that I'm going to end up rating it worse because of it. But it does have a giant spider in it. Um, mm. And that is unacceptable. No, nah, she's that dope. Is, that is not why uh, I don't like Chamber of Secrets. Well, no one what? likes Chamber of Secrets. So, Oh, right. There's right. a giant spider in Chamber of Secrets. Um, <laughs> right. It's called I don't Aragog. Like it's about it's two worst. letters off of Aragorn. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, she who must not be named copied just word for word. Uh, old jerk. Tolkien. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a, what did I give uh, two towers? A 92? I don't know. I've, I've deleted your score, so I don't know. A 92, I think. I'm going to give this a 94. Ooh. 
But I'm still, okay. I still. So this is a weird thing because, like, I yeah. do think this is a better movie in almost every way. But I do like it less. What? Mm. So his ideals carry his his score. Right, like I think that than... there's such a level of execution here that honestly bumps it up for me because I was watching it and I was like, that was really cool what they just did there. <laughs> but at the same time, like I just it doesn't give me the the joy that Two Towers does, but it also doesn't subtract any joy. Like it is a better movie that I like less. Mm. Interesting. That's so interesting to me. I think you should bring full bias and not like I think you should find a way to disconnect your But I can't because what... that's part of what? what I like about movies. Well, I mean that, and well, that's what you told me to do last week. Though was was last week even two towers? I don't. Yeah, yes. it was. Yeah, holy cow! Oh, dude. So I have such strong feelings about the passage of time. When we reviewed Two Towers three years ago, I was a different man. Okay, I put this movie on in the beginning of it. They were talking about Helm's Deep, and I was like, that was so long ago. We uh, so, we had a different Supreme Court when we recorded Two Towers. True. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that at all, though. Um, so here here's the the justification for this rating. Um, I I do think this was a better movie. And I think I might have liked it better, but I think I would rather watch Two Towers. Okay. Are you ready for my score? Yes. Okay. So one of the things I love about Fellowship, which is currently my top score, is uh, The Hobbits. And I think we talked about the extended edition and of what I've, I've seen all of the extended editions, but like at sleepovers where I was asleep for some of them and awake for some of them. I've seen the fellowship extended edition multiple times seated awake on purpose, like on purpose. Right. Uh, sleepovers when I was a kid, I don't like just go to adult sleepovers. I don't know why we don't do that, but I think it would be fun. We should. It's just not part of like I, grown up culture. I had a dream <laughs> that we were all having a sleepover. And for some reason I was singing the lemonade stand song. I do it all it. the time. That's what touring is. Is, is adult sleepovers. Oh. I mean, I sleep in hotels, but not not like there's no other people there. It's so just like when me. we when I did a tour last year where we and played. usually at like nine o'clock, I'm like, man, traveling was tiring and I fall asleep. Yeah, like when I, I did a tour last year where we did five dates in Texas and we literally yeah. just stayed in Austin the whole time and like drove to the other cities and just like camped in the same house with the other band for five days. It was awesome. That sounds fun. Got Whataburger delivered by Grubhub. Anyway, I, so the point I'm making here is I love, 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 love the Hobbit stories. And Return of the King is no exception. Okay. We have great Merry moments oh. and Pippin moments. Not oh. Merry and Pippin moments. Although we do have great Merry and Pippin moments. We have great individual moments for both of them. We have Sam carrying Frodo, which I think is kind of a cop out, but it happened. Okay. I don't get to go and talk to Jert and be like, hey, that's kind of a cop out. I could talk to Peter Jackson about it, but I think he'd be like, sweet ass. It was in the book. I don't know. Right. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you want. It was in the I book, didn't man. I didn't cut this. Right. Uh I, I mean, but right, like, why didn't Aragorn just take him the whole time? You could have just picked him up. It would have been great. Uh, Sean Bean could have done it. No, wait. Okay, whatever. What's your, what's your score? What's your score? <laughs> we got great Hobbit moments. No Saruman, which I don't like. Which uh, is weird, and we'll we'll talk about that, but yeah. We got the Tower of Sirith Ungol, which is the chapter I did for Tolkien about. <laughs> Couldn't tell you which, which tower that is. Not it's a clue. one of uh, the two, Sam, I think. It's when Sam uh, does the shadow puppet. Isn't that it's Minas when, Morgul? It's where Frodo was, ki- it was, where Frodo was no. kidnapped. Minas Morgul. It took me a while to understand that Seerth Ungol and Minas Morgul are two different towers. Because guess what? Two Towers is a dumb name because there are so many towers in this series. Right. So. Right. But it's about that Barad-dur say, and Isengard. Is it though? Because Barad-dur yes. isn't really in Two Towers though. It's more in uh, Return Sauron of the King. says the name of the movie <laughs> describing <laughs> those two wrote, towers. Only because they wrote. Okay, oh my God. Tyler, give your score. 
Why are you so pressed about this? Why are because you Because I want to talk. I want to get to talking about it. I, I'm going to give it a 96. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. Ba -da -dun -dun -dun. I do want to say a thing about the trilogy as a whole real quick. Um, there are definitely three Marvel movies that I like better than these three movies. There are three Star Wars movies that I like better than these three movies. But there are not like this is the best trilogy ever. Does what? that make sense? Yes, that yeah. makes sense. I, I, t I wholeheartedly the series agree. as and a I think whole that's is more cohesive and and better than, than any other than like, other series than, than Captain America the the first Avenger, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Captain America Civil War, or Iron Man one, Iron Man two, Iron Man three, Ooh. or Star Wars four five six, or Star Wars one two three, or Star Wars. Oh, those Cap America ones are pretty good. They're just not. They're, They're the worst of all of this. <laughs> I would I legitimately. I would opinions. rather watch any Star Wars movie than uh, Winter Soldier for sure. Is that a punishment? What you said? I would rather like the. You can't yeah, say I, I would like, rather like six of the Star Wars movies very oh. much, and I really don't like Winter Soldier at all. It's my like probably my least. I would probably rather watch the Edward Norton in Incredible Hulk. Interesting. I like Winter uh, it's Soldier. It's definitely better than the Matrix trilogy. It's definitely better than the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Although none of these movies are better than Jurassic Park. Gotcha. There's not a whole lot of like great. It's better than the first three Jaws movies. Um, it's better than Divergent. Uh, it's better. Yeah, it's better, it's better than, than all than of the Divergent Games. movies for sure. Better than I don't know. What other trilogies there are out there? Tyler's typing furiously. I have a very clicky keyboard. So let's talk about the movie. I really <laughs> liked it. I liked, uh, so like I said, I've watched all of these movies many times at like sleepovers and things. And a lot of this movie in my brain was three or four different films. Like I would get to the next scene and I'll be like, that is not this movie. That is a different movie. I, obviously it is this movie because I'm watching it. But like when, when I first turned it on, I even texted you all and I was like, man, this a trilogy is such like a bite size saga of film. And uh, it's not. I stand though. by that. Not this one. Oh, no, I stand by that. I think I think like at the beginning of the third movie, I understand that they're long. But at the beginning of the third movie, we still have three and a half hours to go. I'm with that as well. But we're in the last movie at like the final act. And it feels like we just started. I mean, obviously, Mary Clay, you're not going to feel like we just started this. But it feels like we just started this process of like, these are the hobbits and this is their story. And I don't feel like I get to spend enough time with any of the characters. I'd love to introduce you to, to, to the, the Silmarillion. <laughs> oh, the Silmarillion? So, um... Here's one thing I do say. I do want to say, Return of the King. I mean, I, it won like every award under the the face of the earth. Um, but we will never see a movie like this again because mm -hmm. now we break everything into two parts, right? Like the last Harry Potter movie is two parts. The last Twilight movie is two parts. The last Hunger Games movie is two parts. The last Avengers movie is two parts. You right. really lose something. That second part, especially, really loses something most of the time. That this has right. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have to start and end in the middle, right? It can go for three and a half hours instead of making two movies that total four and a half to five hours or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't, it, there's no, Dobby doesn't have to die in the middle, right? You don't have to, to wrap it up and roll credits and then start a movie again. With, with like a three act structure. Right, because you can't, like on some level, you can't just be like, okay, so we are at the <coughs> gates of Hogwarts and we're going to be here for the next hour and a half, two hours, three hours, right? Like, it right. doesn't work like That's, that. Uh, you have right. to show some stuff in the in, at the beginning of the movie to draw people back in, but you don't have the problem here. You can just go through with it. And I think this one suffers less from pacing than the others do, for sure. It is they got a lot to go through. They have to, like, they can't, like, stop. Like, everything is fast-paced at this point. Right, but it doesn't feel like... Fellowship dragged so, and Two Towers felt rushed at the end. This feels neither. This is just goes. This is the part that sucks, right? Is if you are Warner Brothers and you're like, okay, we've got this Deathly Hallows thing. Uh, a little while back, there was a studio that now I'm, 
obviously, of course, why would I remember, that did Return of the King as one film, okay? And it made $1.2 billion. It was New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema did that. We're Warner Brothers. Yeah, this Deathly Hallows book is a big book, okay? And there's a lot that goes on. I mean, like, we bookmarked every page where somebody dies that has a name. It's a lot of pages, okay? So here's my question. Do we try to make one film and make that much money, or do we try to make right. two films and make yeah. a little bit and less that's the, twice? that's the fact. You saw that and, with and the, it, the Avengers. And exactly what they did was they made the first one, and they were like, oh, crap, that didn't even make a billion dollars. It made $976 million. And then Deathly Hallows Part Two came out, and it still beat Return of the King with 1.3. Well, uh, Harry Potter is just such a anomaly that you can't compare it to because it went on for 10 years. Right. It was... But it went on for 10 years, like... I hear you. Well, it didn't really. Di- I was going to say it dipped, but it didn't really dip. Uh, worldwide, Sorcerer's Stone did better than Deathly Hallows Part 1, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, that hurts my brain. It literally goes in order Part 2, and then Philosopher's Stone, and then Part 1, and then Half Blood, and then. No, I'm sorry. And then Order, and then Half Blood, and then. Are you doing this from memory? Please tell me you're looking at a screen. I'm looking at the screen. Okay, and then good. Goblet, Lord. And then Chamber. And then Prisoner of Azkaban did the worst. How? And they were like, sorry, sorry, Alfonso Cuaron. We hate you now. Because it was weird because and it was like different. it's an art film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It was so good, though. Yeah, it's amazing. It was good, except for that last freeze frame, which is... Still a completely unnecessary book. Uh, I disagree. I think two of them should have no Voldemort. At least two of them. If two of them have no Voldemort, though, then then Ask If That Makes Sense. One of them out of seven having no Voldemort is weird. Truthfully, I think two of them should have Voldemort. Philosopher's Stone and Deathly Hallows. The other five... Should be right, but that other didn't. But, but she didn't do that, did she? She went because she's Voldemort, a bad Voldemort, author. Voldemort, no Voldemort, 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 Voldemort. Because she sucks. God. I think Voldemort just showed up on the bathroom mirror over there. She's <laughs> like, hey, um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I think, not that I want to sit here and pick holes in the Harry Potter series, it's not what we're here to do, but Deathly Hallows would have been better as one three and a half hour movie. Oh, yes, for Truly. sure, 100%. Because, uh, yeah, part one is terrible. They camp forever. They were like, hey, you know what was, you know, uh, uh, this amazing fantasy series, Lord of the Rings? You know how they travel a lot? Let's do, Let's do that. that. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what... Jer- or what... what uh, they are. Tolkien, the problem Rolkin, with No, Jolkin, Colkin, Rolkin. Uh, yeah, JKR. Is she was like, Uh-oh. man, you know what's really good was those Lord of the Rings books. I, I really take a lot of inspiration wanna, from them. I want to write road trip fiction, but I told but, everybody that they could teleport. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, the, the problem with Deathly Hallows, and I've always thought this, is they don't go anywhere right like they they just keep moving from place to place to place to place to place to on on the run and so they're they're hiding yeah th- but there's no point b right there's point a and there's point c and d and e and f and g and h and i and j and k and you never get to Look, from a to b 17 for sure it just I, I, i'm not they're talking about children. their I'm not talking about their motivations as characters it's just, i get it i get it if you if you're running from from the corrupt wizard cops you're running for the corrupt wizard cops but it doesn't make for as good storytelling as Ferdo and sam around on the rocks outside Mordor for I would 800 argue that pages. also doesn't make for good storytelling. I, I, would, I would agree with you. Uh, the, <laughs> I was bored with Frodo and Sam up until the I know. last hour Man, of this movie. That's like truly what is the hardest part about this series is like, what do you do when the main plot isn't nearly as good as everything else that goes on? Uh, like it is it is better than everything else no it's that goes not on. are you not. kidding me every oh, single just... time they cut away from the battle to show frodo and sam and Gollum having a depressing time in mordor i was like 
Like there was one point where I genuinely groaned. I was like, oh, these guys again? Leave. Oh, I just, I'm so excited it about takes their some, story. It takes them too long to throw Gollum off that cliff. I'll tell you that much. Oh my God. It's So that's, okay, so that's... Uh, also, also, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but giant f***ing spider! I think she's dope. Look, she's one of I would, four uh, this, female this movie, characters. This movie would be a 14 out of 10 if it had no spider in it. Her, no, it's a, it's a really cool sequence in the book that I thought was dope. The way Tolkien rolled it, wrote it was dope. I thought the sequence, which is, so, I don't have a know, problem with it. I thought I, it was I, cool. I, hold on. I have a little piece of movie trivia for you. And I'm kind of backtracking. But do you guys know that in Two Towers, when, when, when Viggo Mortensen actually broke his toes, and that's a real scream when he does that. <laughs> Did you know they, that in there's, Return there's of the King, similar, that take. A, that's the take that, that they used take. in that's the movie. The take. Yeah. Did you it's know amazing. that Return of the King, they found a 20-foot tall spider and had it stab Elijah <laughs> Wood and then filmed him foaming at the mouth? For 14 so, seconds? So oh, this is a true a story about shot. that scene. That's actually why I bring this up is I'm not in love with the like with the Frodo like painful O face shot. Uh I I there's a scene after that where uh Shelob, Shalob, the arachnid, uh like wraps him in the web. Yeah. And in the in the like extended commentary, uh Elijah Wood comments that it felt like a body, like like a condom for his body is how he described it. And my friend who loved Lord of the Rings growing up thought that that was the funniest thing in the like if I've heard that Viggo Mortensen broken his toe 20 times, I've heard of of Elijah Wood's body condom a hundred times. Elijah it Wood's body condom that... sounds like a great Cards Against Humanity card. <laughs> <laughs> that is the trivia that I know. Oh, man. I'm excited. I haven't... I haven't... D- dove d- dived i haven't gone into any of the trivia for two towers or, or return of the king yet so i'm excited i've to got a great piece of trivia for two towers except for, you. for that one thing <laughs> <sighs> it's the take from when he broke his toe it's amazing <laughs> so let's talk about billy boyd for a minute um in one of the greatest sequences Ooh. in action movie history it was Singing. so good it, it, like it's one That's of those not... things that i know is coming every time right and it never fails like i i, I put my phone down i sat up and I was just like, I'm just going to take this in. I'm just going to enjoy this moment. I have a piece of trivia about that scene. What? No, he did not kick a helmet in that scene, <laughs> so Tyler. when Denethor kicks the helmet. Oh, <laughs> when Denethor <laughs> sets himself on fire and jumps off the building. Oh, that, that was really Denethor okay. that did that. Uh, uh, no, I actually do have a piece of trivia. Okay. I, I, this is very possibly wrong. This may have been a fugue state where I learned of this. Billy Boyd wrote that song, and it is not from the novel. Yeah, I meant to go back and look and see if there's if that's um, from the book at all or not. Um, so I have no way to verify that. Sounds I, cool. I believe that that is true. There is a very real chance that it is not. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what the, the call sheet was for, for The Hobbit's like. You kind of need to be able to sing just in case we decide to keep it in the final cut. Because um, I've learned from watching Fellowship Extended that all of the stuff that was cut was basically song stuff. And they let Aragorn sing at the end. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, does that... Does that I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to like jump over to other scenes before we're done wanna, talking about yeah. other scenes. I want to but... talk about the greatest scene in the in the trilogy, which yeah. is this scene where they uh, where Faramir rides into battle to get his ass kicked because his dad asked him son. to, and he has this really sad moment where he's like, "Do you wish that I had died instead of Boromir?" And Denethor was like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, <sighs> yes, I do." Now, I I read that as a child, as Denethor being like, like very clearly playing favorites. And I think obviously there is, right? There's some serious therapy that's going on right now for Faramir. Uh, Poor dude. Poor guy. But in this viewing, it felt very much less like 
I, I've always hated you and I've always loved Boromir. And it felt more like Boromir really was way more efficient at keeping our borders safe, even though he died first. No, uh, um, from what so I've- tell, do, sh shed some light on that for me. From, well, I can't really speak too much to how you interpret that in the movie, because from what I've heard- and from extended editions in Two Towers and Return of the King, there's a lot more Boromir Faramir, <clears throat> Faramir stuff that makes it that makes it make sense for their character. So I don't think that's necessarily the case that like, oh, Denethor is just grieving Boromir and Boromir is a better captain. I think you genuinely get the impression from extended edition that uh, that Boromir is the favorite son. Um but I can't speak to, you know, how you feel for theatrical edition because we're here to talk about theatrical. Um, well, but in the in the books, it's 500 percent. Yes. Yeah. Boromir is the favorite and Faramir, um, which is funny because Faramir is like the town favorite. Everyone loves him except for Denethor and they all know it. So. Well, and, and like we love him. Oh, I love him so much. He is and my son now. Yeah, you really, <laughs> Bormir really gets shafted as a character by the movies, for sure. And, and potentially by the books as well. So but like, I was going to say, he, it, it did not change him much from the book. That's, you know, tr that's I, fair. But like you go on like and look at stuff that happened to Bormir before um, Fellowship and like he captured Osgiliath from the orcs basically like single handedly and like was well, a huge and, and badass. I, even in the films, I think a lot about uh, writer Antonia Quirk for the London Evening Standard. You know, Viggo Mortensen just does not have the gravitas of Sean Bean's Don't Boromir you from dare. the first no. film. No. I don't have a, no. a problem with Sean Bean playing Boromir <laughs> I, in no, the movies. He <laughs> was little, just such a... Well, too <sighs> polished. I love yeah, the he's got a really anachronistic haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that they camped out on like a... Uh, like a mode patch of land. No, my favorite is how they're like, hey, we're going to set up right next to the paths of the dead. Just in case just someone in case. needs to go there. That's the spot. That's the preordained meeting place, right? Like, that's where he tells Aemer's men to meet up with them. They're like, uh, come to the encampment. We ride at dawn on the third day. And the encampment is this, like, place where they can't keep to. the horses from freaking out. And yeah. everybody is scared of. Yeah. Which, to be fair, that's not where the paths of the dead are in the book. But whatever. Fine. There's someplace entirely different. Um... <sighs> Man, I don't I, know. what do I, what do I, what do, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about Denethor. Hold on, unless before, Ethan was going to go somewhere before else. You, yeah. I just need to say this before I forget it. Um, speaking of the path of the dead, I had a vision of like an army mounting up getting meeting up for battle scene that did not happen in this movie and it took me till about 20 minutes after i finished watching it to realize i had legitimately like superimposed a scene from the lion the witch in the wardrobe into this movie <laughs> i mean it's not that i thought you were gonna say um from curse of the black pearl because no. that's a you know skeleton half no not a skeleton army like a regular army, army. Sort of. yeah <laughs> um yeah although no, definitely I mean, yeah curse of the black pearl was a little bit like hey how can we do that scene just that scene yeah. better I was wondering, yeah, when did uh, with Orlando Curse... Bloom. Yeah, Curse of Black I... Pearl was uh, 2003. I don't know when the mythos was established, though, because it's based on the story that goes along with the Disney ride. It but came, ride it came out before Return of the King, was it? which yeah. is so funny. I don't funny. know how much the ride changed, but yes. Uh, which is so funny, because I was watching the Army of the Dead in, in this one, and I was like, wow, those effects, look, like it looks way better in P Curse of the Black Pearl. I wonder oh, just, if... Just um, don't go watch Curse of the Black Pearl and live with that fantasy. I know. Um, yeah. So, no, but like, that's what got me. Think I was like, oh, well, maybe this came out beforehand. And 
then that's why, because the technology wasn't that good. And then Curse of the Black Pearl looked so good because they were able to build upon the technology. No, they came out like months apart. Right. But I, this was filmed in 1999 or whatever. Like this was filmed yeah, but they before. W- I mean, they still would have been doing um, they but they would have been doing the special effects for everything. Right. But like there's only so much you can do with special effects if you about didn't the same year. prepare for it. Well, I guess so. Yeah. So but, the movie um, was shot for the special effects of the day, which were entirely invented for the movie. And then uh, a lot of what Peter Jackson did went on to like help Black Pearl be a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, can't, uh, I, I was just like expecting when the, the king of Here's, the. Here it is. What? Recast Aragorn. As Sean Bean. As Johnny, Johnny Depp. No, never. What say you? He could never. Yeah. Okay. Neither he could Viggo so Mortensen. Good. Viggo Mortensen's a bad actor. Straight up. Viggo bad Mortensen delivery in the up. whole series. Viggo Mortensen, they were like, hey, Viggo, do you remember uh, Braveheart? Do you remember that scene? Hey, just channel none of that. Inspire these men. Can none. you imagine Johnny Depp in the hood in I The Prancing Pony? I cannot Baggins. believe we got such different vibes. I mean, y- you know, aesthetics aside, I was very inspired or whatever, motivated by his no. speech at the Black Gate. I was nope. like, yeah. No, at the Black Gate, that's different. Disagreed. That's there's Disagreed. A, there's a different scene where he, he like, cheers his men on. Okay, but there's a scene there's a scene at the Black Gate where he's on the horse and he's like today we ride for Gondor or whatever and he had literally been outdone by Theoden not one hour before at a better battle. <laughs> at a better battle that happened at the same place just on the we, other side of the dead city. You gotta keep motivating the people when they think they're gonna when, die. When Theoden was like we ride for die. Rohan, we ride for death I like about jumped out my window to go fight the <laughs> hordes of the dead. Theoden really does when I come around in this film. You know what I'm saying? He, um, what I couldn't get over it, is like, that. Oh, yes. Theoden <laughs> as King. a character, as a leader, as everybody. R.I.P. Um, he dies, right? Yeah. Who, Theoden? Yeah, he gets squashed, yeah. By, yeah, like he gets squished by an oliphant. Well, he, technically his horse gets knocked over and then he gets crushed by his horse, but whatever. His horse's oh. name is like Snowflake or something. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because Tolkien, you know him. He wouldn't let a horse go unnamed in no, his, never. In his saga. So tell me this. The Rohirrim. You don't need to put an accent on that. <laughs> the Rohirrim compared to the, the soldiers of Gondor. The soldiers of Gondor Dang. seem useless. Like bad at everything. Not good it, at all. It was... their, their trebuchets are, I, I would call, moderately effective. The uh, stampede of horses, considerably effective. See, Tyler, the more, the more fantasy you read, the more you'll realize that this is is the trope. The city forged army always sucks. Compared to the Rohirrim? Compared to anybody that like it's scrappy, kind of lived on the land more, you know, especially horse people. Mm. The Rohirrim are horse people. Yes, that is correct. And they beat Um, the living out of that orc army that is so cool that that moment when it was it was dope in the book and it was dope in the movie where they're just basically everyone's like well prepare to die and gandalf is comforting pippin and he's like don't worry there's a a sheet made of diamonds and a sunset on a swift white shore or something i messed that line up anyway um and then you hear the horn and you're like oh snap they're here and then they all like come over the hill and you just have this moment of like it's gonna be okay and then i think i don't know if it was at this battle or the next battle but there's a moment where before they ride off theoden does a thing like you did at the end of a soccer game where you line up and you do high fives with the other team but he does that with his sword yeah yeah that's the same speech i'm talking about yeah 
He goes into battle with a dull sword. What was that all about, man? <laughs> it was a bad idea. You um, spent like all night sharpening this bad boy, and then you just katung 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 whatever. <laughs> um, and and that's that scene is so satisfying because there's this happened so many times in movies, and it's happened so many times since then, where you see like you know army meets army, right? Especially in like a big battle sequence, and they just kind of like come up against each other and like form into like a wall, and then we zoom in on the fighting. That doesn't happen with the horse people. The horse people. F- trample over all of these orcs and then we get like graphic shots of orc heads being squished by horses well it's just like oh they're outmatched by a lot okay well and then the reverse of that we get very graphic shots of the horses being smushed by by the oliphants yeah made me feel real bad for them horses instead of the corsairs here comes the army of the dead literally that scene where aragorn turns around and just like And then you watch, and you watch the whole swarm of ghosts like overtake this oliphant, just like oh, in and the, the yeah, kind of towards the yeah, towards the end of the battle. The, the I people guess, at yeah. Weta Workshop were just like, okay, we are bored. We've been working on this movie for five years now. We're gonna like, CGI some stuff in the back of this real quick. So let, let me ask you this. I understand. I I get it. I get. They pay their debt. They fight in Minas Tirith, the fields of Pelennor, whatever. Could could Aragorn not have been like, actually, the fight's not over. No, we have to take it to the no, Black Gate because that's the debt, right? Is they had to defend Minas Tirith or Gilead, right? I, I don't think it was necessarily that. I think it was that he they they were supposed to fight in this one battle with Isildur and then betrayed him, and that's why. And then Isildur cursed them, I believe. I guess using vague ring magic that we don't understand what the ring does still um and so i think because they came back and fought this one battle i think that was like all they needed to do um like for the rules of the of like what was happening but then i th- it was also that like aragorn promised them was like if you just come fight this one battle you can rest finally and they did that and so i think he felt because aragorn's a, a good leader he he was like yeah you can go because gimli was like please stay and fight with us and aragorn was like no i told you you could rest after this so they're going to pinch these guys yeah <laughs> i just feel like if aragorn was like actually the fight's not over we've got to take it to the black gate because it's not like a lot of time passes between these two battles I, I i understand why it happens the moment is great and obviously if they took them to the black gate frodo's like urgency would have been significantly less because they would have just won but but it, it they wouldn't have though right because there would have just been more orcs right but the, the they the would have just they would they would have just made there be more orcs and set, right, they the ghosts are, the are gonna eventually go away. Right, so that, that had to be yeah, a, a like a, a losing battle. Right, like that had to be an unwinnable battle. That's why they took I don't know a, none of the Rohirrim out there. No, they were there. I mean. There were a few people. I think out there. any. I think anyone who was alive at this point yeah. was there. Yeah, those those oliphants were pretty uh, effective for sure. Yeah, pretty I'll effective. Say. Those were no pretty surprise. freaky. Yeah, a battle elephant. I would say that's a pretty effective creature. I just tool. think it's really yeah. funny with the with the, the with the dead army thing that J.R.R. Tolkien was like, "Hey, I need a a Deus Ex Machina, and yeah. I'm going to talk about it." forever and just paint a picture of it for you thank you yeah it's it's very much like that in the in the book as well where all of a sudden it's very sudden and aragorn because what what technically happens is aragorn looks into the palantir and he's like oh i see what i have to do i have to go awaken the armies of the the army of the dead and they all split off at helm's deep um and then aragorn and his crew go to the paths of the dead and they do all that jazz but it definitely it's very random it's very like why are we going on this side quest 
in the middle of all of this. We have we have other things to do. And Tolkien doesn't really explain it until they show up at the battle. And then there's like a conversation afterwards where Gimli's like, yeah, it was really crazy. We thought for sure we were going to die because Aragorn wasn't telling us anything. And we were just following him blindly into a, a black cave. Um um, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like an afterthought in the movie, and it looks like an afterthought in the movie because, again, that is some not great CGI. However, I don't think it was that bad because it's supposed to be a ghost army. It's supposed to be, you know, hazy. So I don't. I, I think it could like get away with it. I wasn't mad about it, and I've been I mad about a lot of the. the army, okay, an effect I was mad about is when they're they're using the in uh, Minas Tirith. They're using the catapults to launch the the rubble and the pieces of the city that have already broken off into the battle and the camera like follows it and it kind of feels like Peter Jackson was like one day this is going to be an amusement park ride where you're like seated in your thing and then you're launched into the battle or something it's going to be a 3D motion a 4D motion ride basically is what it felt like to me but that doesn't happen because apparently there's no Lord of the Rings theme park which is maddening to me and no Hobbiton Hobbiton in, in New Zealand does not count that's just for fun. What do you think a theme park is for? Well, I mean, for thrills. <laughs> Not fun, <and> apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a serious business, Tyler. Fun. I think you're thinking of an amusement. You got to go in with with a plan. You gotta you gotta execute it. You can't waste any time standing around making decisions. That's when the line for um for the ride of the Rohirrim. <laughs> Cues up the you roller coaster. Let's open it. Hey, how much money does it cost to open a theme park? It's like a. Many. It's like <laughs> min, many many monies. How much many you monies? Patreon.com. More than that. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could go to any venture capitalist and be like, I want to start a Lord of the Rings theme park. They'd be like, No. I guarantee. Hold on. They would literally look at you and be like, in this economy? Well, I mean, five years from now, hopefully. I don't know. Right. We'll see. It sh- well, it should have been 15 years ago. I don't understand how there's a Harry Potter world and there's a Star Wars there world. There is no and, Harry Potter world. And there's... Uh, yes, there is. It is the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Whatever. And there's a, you know, there's a theme park for everything, but it's not freaking Lord of the Rings. Because Lord of the Rings is not owned by like a huge movie company. I know, which yeah. is a shame. New Line Cinema isn't like, oh man, let's build like, a I think it was distributed park. by Viacom. Well, Viacom has hands in a Universal, I would imagine. Uh, I don't really know how Universal Studios theme park works. It's just like... Because they used a, to have Marvel stuff. Yeah, a collection of everything. So, I was going to say, last time I was there, I don't know, five years ago, they, there was an Incredible Hulk roller coaster. There still, still is. Is it from still the there? Yeah. They, incredible Hulk so movie they get, from Hulk, not Incredible Hulk. Just Hulk. No, so they, so they get the it's Marvel Hulk characters. Based. Any Marvel character who currently is in Universal, this is at least my understanding of the agreement, any Marvel character who's currently in Universal cannot be at Disney until they are no longer at Universal. So that's why Disney is getting Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that. And not Spider-Man. Once, and not Spider-Man. But once they take away or revamp those rides, and I doubt they will anytime soon since they still have Men in Black, uh, <laughs> then Disney will get to take them. To be fair. That is, that is my understanding of it. Uh, Universal is, did, did just put in and is about to open a new non-Harry Potter themed ride for the first time like ever since Harry Potter started. What's it what's it called? What's it for? It's the Velocicoaster. It's Jurassic Jurassic World themed. Oh. When did they put in the Jimmy Fallon ride? How long has he been on late night? Is a Jimmy Fallon ride? What's sure that is. For? Okay, but like I'm talking about like ride rides. Not miss experiences or whatever yeah. you want to call them. Yeah. Like all of the dollars for the most part have gone to Harry Potter World for the long time. And it's still well, not yeah, enough. Why? It's still not big enough. And it's still 
only half of it is good. Hogsmeade is meh. You it's, need to go to Diagon Alley. That's all that matters. They're both cool when there's not hordes of people there. Which, which there are. There are, unless you get there like very first thing in the morning for like an hour. And then after that, it's like, nope. Yeah, I definitely, I've only ever been once, and we were definitely walking around, and I was like, there's not that many people at Universal Studios today. Then we went into Diagon Alley, and I was like, there's a lot of They're people at Universal here. Studios today. <laughs> well, that's what you're going for, though. You Like, who cares about the Men in Black ride? It'll be there oh, I thought for you the next I was 20 going years, to be surrounded apparently. by Floridians, which is not the case. I hate people that go to theme parks. Um, a couple summers ago, my dad got a, because he works in tourism for Richmond region area, whatever, um, and he got a couple, like, summer passes for King's Dominion and so my sister cousin and I went for the day and it was like mostly empty and for listeners for context King's Dominion is an amusement park outside of Richmond and it's uh it's like the forgotten stepchild compared to what Busch Gardens is. (laughs) Like, Busch Gardens is a good quality theme park, amusement park. King's Dominion is... Well, it's because King's Dominion used to be owned by a a movie company, and the movie company pulled out. Yeah, it's like the the Walmart of amusement parks. I disagree. King's Dominion has roller coasters. Yeah, King's Dominion is sick. For the longest time, Busch Gardens had, like, the Fab Three. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Ver, not Verbolton. Griffin was like now number the five. Fab, now they have and then like they took six, one away and then they had a new one. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so it was amusement and theme was the difference between the two. Okay, whatever. Okay, when I'm well, I'm no, using no, the, I'm using the terms like movie themed interchangeably. They they mean the same to me. A theme park and an amusement park are when you show up and there are well, they're not the same. rides of some kind. Well, they are to me. Okay, you pay <laughs> an absurd amount of money to walk in and sweat and stand in line and you pretend like you're having so much fun, but really. You're just uncomfortably dehydrated, and you have a migraine from riding on the roller coasters. And then you're like, "Want to go on the next one?" And you're like, "Yeah, this is great." Anyway, Kings Dominion. For those of you who don't live in Virginia, is a Paramount Park. If you live anywhere else in the country, that's it. Yeah, you, Paramount. You had one of them near you, whether it was Carowinds or Cedar Point or Kings Island, or you had one of them near you. I promise you, it's the one you grew up going to. If you didn't have a Six Flags. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yeah, a couple, yeah. So a couple summers ago, my sister cousin and I went, and we were riding rides. It was basically empty. This was like the middle of the summer by the way so it should have been like super packed it was basically empty and we used to go there all the time as kids with our families and like you know whole groups of our families and all of our friends would all go together and we were just like going through these lines like they're, like it's nothing and we get like halfway through the day and we get a roller coaster we just finished was bringing us back in and we all kind of look to each other and we're like this isn't really that fun anymore is it <laughs> and we're all like nope <laughs> and then we left <laughs> man I could have ridden roller coasters all day I used to be a Bush Garden season pass holder yeah I would we, never we get tired of riding go. Apollo's chariot yeah the... we would call it to chicken's chariot oh, yeah what's we would the, do that the ride <laughs> that replaced um the big bad wolf at bush gardens revolting uh i went on that one for senior week at cnu how you had a bush gardens day if you wanted yeah um went on that ride for and that was also the last time i've ever been to bush gardens since i haven't gone since um that was the first time i rode it and it was great it was a fantastic experience i I was like this was awesome to have a positive review this is good (laughs) this is a great roller coaster um, um, 10 okay. out of 10 for sure I want to talk about the roller coaster of emotions I went on during this movie go um, for it First of all, oh, I was very so watching it the first. I should mention it's it's so funny how like my life has become Lord of the Rings, but but this was only the second time I've seen this movie. I watched it for the second time last night, and that's like weird to me. But uh, um, <laughs> watching it the first time, I legit like was moments away from crying. 
as as Frodo is sailing off towards the end, it does a fade to white. There's like nice peaceful music. It looks like a Bob Ross painting, fade to white, and you're like, oh wow, what a what a great conclusion to that film. He's leaving, but he had a he had a goodbye with his friends. He's with Bilbo, and oh no no, it's cu- Sam's back. It's cu- it's coming back. Ne- never mind. Never mind. Like oh, it that's fully. When I, that's when I lost it. It really, it fully, truly got me that ending. And pe- like, I knew the legacy going into it that, like, yeah, Return of the King has like four fake out endings, and it got to that one, and I was legitimately like, oh, okay, this is it. That's the end of the movie. All right. And like, I almost started crying, and then like it fades back up, and sit, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, we're here for another another thirty seconds. Okay, all right. Got it, got it. And then by that point, when it actually did end, those emotions were gone. So, uh... So I need you to get real 100 with me for a second. Take me to a time in a movie where you do just lose it. Any movie. It doesn't Ooh. have to be Lord of the Rings. Genuinely cannot remember. <laughs> I know it's I mean, there. Like, like, not like when the dog dies in such a movie. Dobby's death. Hedwig's death. Fred lives. George's death. One of them. Hang on, I don't let know. me think. Truthfully, don't care. Uh, What movies have I seen? (laughs) I know there are definitely points where I've cried. I don't know. None of them are coming to my mind. I don't think I cried when I was watching Harry Potter. No. uh, uh, Okay. A moment that got me good was end of Endgame. When it's... I was... I was like doing fine through the whole thing, even through uh, uh, Tony's death. But when it got to the end and it Not fades, me. it zooms in on, you hear the the music playing, the old timey music playing. And then it does like a slow pan over or whatever inside the house. And you see uh, Steve and Peggy dancing. That's oh, when man. I lost it. Tyler's That's when I stopped cry crying right now. because I was crying about <laughs> oh. Tony dying. That's where I started crying. Yeah, I wouldn't I say that was like, I don't give a f- about Steve. When did I? I cry. I've ugly cried at a lot of TV shows. You got shows, me just so. now. I'm like really feeling that. <laughs> oh, with the Steve and Peggy hand. thing. F- you guys, this is the worst. Okay, well, the wor- that ruins the movie. If it had just ended before it. that, that movie would have been so much better. No, I loved it. I love um, Peggy. I did. I hate Peggy and Steve and Peggy. <laughs> That's I'd rather, rude. I'd rather Steve make out with Peggy Skyler. <laughs> Um, Don't show me how to say no to this. Ah. Okay, I also I also want to talk about one of my favorite characters that that I enjoyed reading so much. Um, and he I think he pretty much lived up, up to expectations in the movie. Denethor, what a what a G. <laughs> okay, so tell us gangster. about Denethor. A public uh, menace. He so I will say don't part of something that like rubs me the wrong way is how they did Faramir so dirty, so dirty in this series. But they didn't. Uh, huh? But they didn't because you care anyway, about Faramir. Anyway, um and because I always got the impression from his character that like he's very aware that his dad hates him and he would have performed but like he th- that's the reason why he's better than Boromir and why he's able to resist the ring and doesn't care about it is because he's beyond all these things and the reason he's tempted by the ring is because he's trying to prove himself to the father but Book Faramir doesn't care about proving himself to his father anywho um, uh, Denethor no, man what a, Damn. what a Lucille Bluth of a character uh, there are so many memes that and, and quotes that Lucille Bluth says that apply directly to Denethor, and it's just so good. Um, namely, from the pilot of Arrested Development, when the gay protest shows up, and she goes, "It just makes me want to set myself on fire." <laughs> um, uh, I've uh, the one thing though that I really it, it pained me that they that they 
moved for, away from the book was his death because in the book he he accepts what's happening and is just salty about everything until the moment he dies and he like li- he's already on fire and he lies down on the pyre he's holding the palantir in his hands by the way because at this point the palantir has made its way to Den- no wait no Denethor has a palantir um, and it like explodes and the whole building crumbles and then that's when Gandalf says so passes Denethor lord of whatever he says instead of him running away and flinging himself off of the top tier of Minas Tirith in like what looks to be like a it's supposed to be like a gag instead of like oh he just burned himself alive interesting choice I disagree with it being a gag and I don't see how your way is any better honestly it was just cooler but like why Denethor in the movie he he seems to like start he like comes to it and he has a realization and he starts regretting everything and regretting what he did and that doesn't happen at all in the book and he just accepts it and lies down and it's just like really it's just a cool moment is all and the 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 thing crypt is that a word for it not tomb it's like a house in a graveyard the crypt yeah mausoleum mausoleum yeah that's the word i'm looking for mausoleum um like explodes and you get this impression that like the spirits kind of of it are released and i don't know it just has a cooler effect than like wide shot of a stunt man running off on fire it took me it took me out of the moment i guess is what i mean Um, i like it when you say it took me out of the moment i feel like that's now we've we've brought you to film world well that yeah i've been using that phrase a lot more because one of you guys said it during the fellowship episode and i was like yeah that's a good way to describe what i'm feeling right now whenever sean bean is on the screen or whenever aragorn is like in in fellowship when he's like frodo when he kicks the helmet go no i tell you what in two towers there's a scene where uh viggo mortensen kicks a helmet right next to this funeral pyre and a lot of people don't know this that is actually like he actually kicked the helmet and broke his toes and when he screamed uh Peter i'm gonna Jackson drive to your so house much. i'm gonna drive to your house and break your toes and scream at you if you say <laughs> that one more time and we're gonna use that take in the we're podcast that take. that's the take that they used <laughs> unrelated do you know who wrote Stuart little the film uh, it's probably not Viggo mortensen. mortensen it was m night Shyamalan. Oh, i just wanted to share that with you wrote the screenplay for Stuart oh, little the screenplay oh i thought you meant the book i was like m night Shyamalan did not write the children's book Stuart little <laughs> um, i believe it was uh eb williams or eb white williams eb and then i white, also it's disgusting but i love the effect of it during the billy boyd song of denethor eating which is is what I would also be doing in a battle. I would also be hiding and having someone entertain me while I stuff my face with food. I here's okay. We talked a little like we don't dive a ton into like visual effects and and themes and and cool things like that. But there is a thing that I love about Denethor talking about like the Tower of Gondor and how he has this great visibility and he is aware of the personal threat of Aragorn coming, but throughout every scene we see him in he cannot see past the white tree of gondor like he is in a room without windows almost every time we see him and i i really really like that effect and what that teaches you about his character i think that's fascinating yeah it's because he's dumb and stupid selfish um Oh, okay. So something that I I had like heard the legacy about going into the movie, and then when I saw it for the first time, it just kind of I don't know, it fell flat. But it, I appreciated it so much more last time or last night was the lighting of the beacons. That was oh, pretty a great cool. Scene. 
It's, it's a great, great scene. shot. Yeah. Uh, I think because you know I why was... it's so good because 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 a, a Hobbit because of a Hobbit. That's why it's so good. I was uh, I was also like really trying to pay extra attention to the music this time because that's something that I haven't. It's not that like I think the music is bad or anything. I just haven't really noticed it yet. I guess because I'm more there's focused on like the other that, stuff that's happening. Um, there's a song in here that straight up does not fit. Which one? But otherwise, I really like I it. I'm, I'm pulling up Spotify right now to find out. Okay. Go on with what you were saying. I Go was on with yeah. Your bad this self. It, Howard Shore keeps crushing it more and more but with it, each of these movies. Um, yeah. Because we've got established sounds for each like group of people. Like I know what it's gonna sound like when the Rohirrim show up, and we get variations on that. Like when Theoden does stuff, and they. they change based on how Theoden's feeling and like it's very cool to listen to uh I, I truly think the Howard Shore is one of the I mean I say he's underrated but like he composed the music for the Lord of the Rings and I think <laughs> won an Oscar for it but he is never mentioned among the like oh great film composers Howard Shore it's like talk about John Williams and 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 well, Hans mean, Zimmer Williams and Alexandre Desplat and a bunch of other people well I mean the those guys are are, are pretty pretty good I'd say. they're also pretty good yeah I just think that I think that truly Howard Shore is up there um, with them and I, I think that he doesn't really need another credit necessarily like this is good enough yeah quit uh, quit while you're ahead yeah I get it I generally quit yeah did you <laughs> Also, I was waiting for you to pop in with the thing that you found. Did you find it? A, no. To a certain extent, I am the older I get, the less I care about a John Williams score. Oh no. It depends it, on what movie. Um, and I, I do think he he does better like main themes than really anybody else, but like I prefer the music in the late Potter movies. He's He's just my thing about him is that he's so versatile and like everything he does is like so specific and 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 different, but it like matches the mood so triumphantly well. But everything is so different from one of like each of his scores are so different from each other still at the same time. I don't know. Um, oh, for sure. No, I'm not. I'm not discrediting John Williams. It's just like I don't, the gap closes when I listen to some movies now. See, I couldn't tell you beyond the song that the Hogwarts band plays at the the main event in Goblet of Fire I couldn't tell you what any of the music is and nope that's a lie because I just thought of like two, a couple more songs you're thinking about like the, you're thinking about the music themes. that plays when Fred and George run away when what when Fred and George run away in five you're thinking of that music well, no if you're I was not, actually thinking of uh um I was thinking of uh Umbridge's theme which is excellent it's so good and so perfect for her character right like can you imagine the job of like okay John Williams did the first three I think uh maybe four yes. I'm not sure yeah, I think he did three. I think mm-hmm. he did three. Um, yeah, because I don't think he would have done the 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 band, the the march that they play when Zedric comes back. That seems a little wild for John Williams. But like, imagine coming into that job and be like, okay, you, you got a bunch more of these to do. Um, you were, you're taking over John Williams, who got bored, I guess, or moved on to yeah, moved on, or to moved something on to something else. else. Maybe, yeah, like what do you do? It's the same people that have to do the the like when they did Rogue One and, and Solo. It's the same people who get called in to like, okay, now you have to compose a variation on the Star Wars theme by John Williams, like. <laughs> Oh, I so my senior project. Okay. <laughs> um, did, did you figure it out, Tyler? I did not. That's okay. And now I'm listening to the theme from Jurassic Park. <laughs> taka, taka, taka. <laughs> theme from, theme to, main theme from Jurassic Park is still not even my favorite piece of music in Jurassic Park. That's One of so my good. favorite things from like, I think it was, I don't know, 2015, 20s. No, it must have been 2015. was a, a vine that, that did, um, it did, what are those? What are those? <laughs> oh, God. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it was so uh, good. 
good. Oh, it's Journey Jurassic. to the Island that gets me, I think. Oh, God, I'm getting really emotional listening to the Jurassic Park theme. Well, don't cool. listen to it. Um, I'm really excited now. Um, oh, I, Yeah, it's okay. Journey to the Island is the best piece of music from Jurassic Park, for sure. Or the one random uh, piece of music while they're driving through the woods in the Jeeps, and it's definitely like a piece of recycled Star Wars score from the moon of Endor, where they're so the driving I, I don't one. know when all of this was happening, where John Williams was taken off of Harry Potter, but the only thing he did from uh, 2006 to 2010-ish was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Sergei Prokofiev and David Ward Steinman, music for cello, featuring John Williams, and... Uh, uh, yeah, other bunch just of arrangements other than that. 2005, he did Revenge of the Sith. And in 2005, he did Superman. And in 2005, he did Munich. And in 2005, he did Memories of a it. Geisha. Yeah. That 2005 Superman, that's the Kevin Spacey one, right? That is a good theme. Um, good music. Good music. I loved the the Minas Tirith theme. That's what I'm listening to right now. I'm assuming it was a play. I, I'm Again, I'm like not familiar with what the themes are yet. It just wasn't as recognizable for me, I guess, as it was for like, like you hear... If you watch Harry Potter for the first time, you you can walk away that first time and be able to hum Hedwig's theme. I couldn't I couldn't hum, you know, Ro- Rohan or Gondor or anything. Oh, I think you're alone in that. I think that. Well, I mean, I think Star yeah. Wars gives way to like that possibility. But I think that the Lord of the Rings does a really good job of. Yeah. That and Concerning Hobbits and. Well, I mean, OK, aside from like maybe three of the main themes. Right, But you were only doing Hedwig's theme after Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, but that's what I say. You're saying out of the ma- three of okay. the main themes like that's that's a big selection of music <laughs> okay, for the yeah, movie okay yeah okay yeah okay i guess i stand i stand cuz like you could you could hum the like dun, 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 dun. i guess that's how we should just as know. much as you could do concerning hobbits yeah you could probably also do like i love the gilderoy dueling it's either dueling club or gilderoy lockhart's theme i don't know it's very good but john williams did not compose this movie it was howard shore he was pretty cool um a fun fact from fellowship is that uh, in Moria, when there's chanting, he actually got a Maori choir to do that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's Did very cool. them break their toes? So, uh... I would have loved it if the Balrog did a haka. That would have been very cool. <laughs> if he and Gandalf were just like, oh... And then, like, the Blacks came out. The, that's the name of the rugby team, The All Blacks. Right? All Blacks, okay. And then they come out, right? And then they, like, throw rugby balls at the ball rug. At the ball rug, yeah. At the ball rug. <laughs> yeah, anytime, anytime the, the, the Edoras theme or the Rohirrim theme comes in, it's just the single violin doing that, like... I mean, I will for sure be doing a... I say a deep dive. I'll be doing a Mary Clay level dive. It's definitely, like... That, that is the, the thing about John Williams' music. It's like John Williams' so. music, you recognize like, oh, this is the thing that happens then. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that happens then. Oh, that's the song that plays from minute 41 to minute 48 in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Um, I'm assuming that's when the Twin Sunsets thing happens, but I have no idea. Twin Sunsets happens when Luke goes out and looks at the Yeah, no, I know when it happens sunsets. in the movie. I don't know when the f- timestamp for it was. Oh. God, Tyler. <laughs> I was like, Such a terrible I, fan. <laughs> How do you not know? <laughs> no, I know what it is. And the then it happens a million other times because it became the force theme. Right. Uh, binary sunset is what it's Yeah, called. binary sunset. Yeah. And then it becomes like the thing that Ray listens to while she rides across the in the speeder in that first Stop, shot. You're going to get me emotional. I can't. I can't. That was more emotional than the ending of damn uh, Endgame with Peggy Carter. Um, um, and Peggy. 
If you if you start, I don't know what made me think of this, but I looked it up and I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, if you start two towers at 9.13 p.m. and 19 seconds, uh, the new year will come, will strike right as Theoden says, so it begins. Just giving you that idea since we're all going to be staying home for New Year's, right? What time do I need to start returning the, or, uh, the two towers so that exactly at midnight, Legolas yells, what they're taking the hobbits to Isengard? <laughs> like five <laughs> minutes beforehand. And then from the heavens, a pair of sunglasses land on my face. <laughs> well, I mean, that part might have to be up to you. I don't know if the gods of New Year's Eve will do that for you, but uh, you can try, certainly. Um, that was one thing people were saying in Discord is that this doesn't have nearly as many memes. And uh, I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, they were calling that you. a negative, and I no. just disagree. It's a lot more serious, yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> so much more happens in this than it's any like, of the previous yeah. ones. We don't have time to, to dick around when we like, have 20 battles to be yeah, doing I would say, simultaneously. I would say 50% of the moments I remember from the trilogy happen in this movie. Like, the specific moments. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go there because I've already ranted about it. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Hang on. Hey, give me give me two seconds here. Uh, I'm going to start a timer. Okay. And then from the time I say go, Mary Clay, you have 120 seconds to explain to me why the scouring of the Shire matters at all oh. in any way. Sorry, not 120 seconds. It's so long. Uh, one minute, 30 seconds. Let's go with that. Because that's all you need to explain uh, apparently why some random hobbit attacking people matters. Uh, three, two, one, go. Um, so first of all, it's not needed in the movie because it would just add another, uh, thing to have to start and wrap up when you've already had three endings. So it just didn't fit because it also didn't fit very well in the book. However, the main thing that you lose when you don't have Scouring of the Shire is that Tolkien's... So what happens with Scouring of the Shire, for people that don't know, it's a chapter once the hobbits get back to the Shire. And instead of finding it uh, exactly as they had left it, they find that it has been torn asunder by... Saruman. It's not just a random hobbit who goes around killing people. Saruman has his, you know, leaders or whatever have gone to the Shire and taken it over. And it's basically Tolkien's commentary on post-world, post-war industrialization um, because there are all these factories and everything has been torn apart and their crops are being stolen. Uh, and then the hobbits show up or uh, the you know, Frodo, Sam, Mary and Pippin show up and they like lead the Hobbit uprising and they take down everything and Saruman does show up and then Wormtongue eventually they turn him against Saruman and Wormtongue cuts his throat and then every all the other Hobbits kill Wormtongue and that's how it's wrapped up. Um, but basically it was Tolkien's way of being like, see, you can't just come home from war from something that was so... Uh, uh, an experience that like so negatively affected your and life and time. changed you. Time and expect time. everything. Time. I don't care. Time. <laughs> expect everything no. to be Stop the same. About this and that's what happened in the movie is that they came back and they and it was literally the exact same. So that's okay, why people um, get mad about it not being in the movie. Two issues. I don't, pointless, I don't two really issues, care. Two issues. Pointless doesn't add a story. Second issue. Tolkien said himself it's not an allegory for the war. He cannot then change his mind in the middle of the last book and decide that he wants to it's write a chapter about how it's an allegory for the, for the war. war. It's just but, an uh, example mm, of hold like. Hold on. If you're coming back after war and that's what happened to him is they came back after war and realized that his country is not quite the same as we left it was. That is an allegory. 
bud. I will. I will buy me a Ouija board. I will talk to this mother. Author's tell intent him what an doesn't matter. Was. It doesn't matter what the author intended. Oh, but it does to these people he though. Can... It does to the people. It does to the people that are on the internet on Reddit no, all no, the time, no. being like, oh, "Scaring the shadows is really important. It's a really important part of the book, and they should really lift it in." Because I've been hearing this complaint they... for damn ten years. No, the problem. See, the thing is, is that there was no good way. The way that Tolkien wrote Return of the King was nonsense because you you destroy the ring and you still have another 100 pages left. Right, which There's is not how books work. Yeah, exactly. So there, the way that Tolkien wrote it, there was no good way to end Return of the King, which is why it has this reputation of being like, oh yeah, it has five endings. Because that's literally what it is in the book. There's a whole chapter where like they say goodbye to the characters one by one. They say goodbye to Arwen and Minas Tirith, and they go to Edoras, and they say goodbye to... Uh, um, uh, they go to Edoras and say goodbye to Eowyn, Aomer, and Faramir, and then they go to uh, Isengard and they say goodbye to Treebeard, and then everyone else. Like it, it, it takes forever. It's very long and arduous because Tolkien refused to have a single loose thread in his story. He wrapped up literally anything you could think of except for Tom Bombadil. There he is. I worked him into this episode. Um, well, at least he didn't which spend the subsequent we- fourteen years talking about it on Twitter. Which is uh, what's weird in the moot in Return of the king with saruman's story because as i understand it all of his stuff like his wrap-up is extended edition and apparently christopher lee was very mad that his stuff was cut from the theatrical edition well yeah he's sir christopher lee he's probably like the fact that this series is like why wasn't i playing frodo is probably upsetting sir christopher lee because he's 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 a a big deal actor yeah right no like he it's not that like why oh, wasn't big... I playing Frodo? That's what I want to know. No, he was, no, he was <laughs> mad because he was, uh, he was a huge Tolkien head and was the only person of the main cast and whatever to have met Tolkien actually. And he loved Lord of the Rings and had this very extensive knowledge of it. And so he was really mad to find out that his that Saruman's story was cut from the theatrical edition because it's it felt really weird. For, I don't know if it felt that way to you guys since you. It's probably been a while since you you know read the book or if even if you remember what happened did it yeah, feel I've, weird I've been to in the you active at all? process for the last four three weeks of not giving a f- there were books um, no that's fine i'm asking when you are watching return of the king and they show up in isengard and treebeard's there and then they cut away and they're back in where are they I, mean, I, did think it was, I did think it was strange that there like wasn't a Saruman scene, but like I didn't care at all. Like, basically, my my feeling watching it was like, oh, they couldn't afford Sir Christopher Lee for the third film, so they just <laughs> left him out. I fully, and then like, and then I was mo- ready to move on. <laughs> I fully wish the extended editions didn't exist. I truly do. Um, it's it, it is the it's close to the worst thing that's ever happened to like film fan communities. My, uh, I disagree this, entirely. What? I disagree entirely. Why? Because people wanted more. And they got more in a way that right but then they just then they just complain and talk down to people and they act like assholes okay i don't think there's anything wrong with the extended edition it's not like the snyder cut where they have to reshoot this thing and like succumb to the requests of the fans they already had this extended edition ready to go when the films came out and they came out after the theatrical release because the three and a half hour films were already long enough for the film i don't know any any problem with the extended editions existing and when i've watched them i have enjoyed what is added to them and i think it adds because they're like they made more films and they did not get excellent reception so i think the fact that there are extended editions and there are ways to interact with this story for longer and live with these characters longer is a good thing and i i really like that about this series and i i think it is fundamentally different than situations like I think most similar here is the Snyder Cut where uh, things are ruined. And I think this is also better than like George Lucas going back and adding 
Aliens to uh, the original trilogy because I think that it is so far disconnected and it's using different technology and different styles and different everything that it, it doesn't make sense. But I really like the extended edition versions of Lord of the Rings. I think it's a fantastic way to experience the trilogy further and to dive further into the, the literature and to the fantasy of it, which is unmatched in, in what I can think of as any other fiction story. So I, I really like them. Um, The way that I, I've at, at this point, I've recorded just one extended edition episode. Um, But the guest that I had on for that said that they described the extended editions as like, you don't watch it because it's a good movie. You watch it because it's right. a fun experience. You watch it because right. like it's a rainy day and you want to do something fun with your friend or, or, you know, you have a sleepover or whatever and you put on extended right. edition because it's fun. Um, That being said, though, it's it's one of the only things that like I've gotten kind of it, like some animosity about from the fandom about extended edition versus theatrical to the point where I was like, it's my podcast. I'm covering it the way I want to cover it. And if you don't like that, you don't have to listen. But I'm covering right. theatrical editions because that like that's the way that I decided was going to be the best way for me to cover it and, you know, get over that. But um, it the other thing is that like people will constantly be like, oh, well, well, it's better in the extended edition because but, and I'm like, no, that doesn't that shouldn't count because to me that says like that means that the theatrical there's something wrong with the final version of the movie if you have to look to the extended edition to say oh this is why it's a good movie because in the extended edition X happens and I'm like no you don't get that it's you get whatever the version is that if you walked into the movie theater in 2003 and you sat down and you watched it that's what you're basing your opinion on and if you can't say like oh Return of the King theatrical edition is a good movie then you know without adding in whatever you know from the extended edition then it's not a good movie. No and I, I think that's a totally fair criticism and I do think at least for the next one month and five days I like that there are the option of the theatrical edition that is untouched and I know that there will be special effects that are adjusted and and things that'll change come December 1st when the 4k versions are out and I'm not I don't have like a problem with that unless it is the same song and dance as the like late 90s release of the original Star Wars trilogy, which I think was a mistake. Like it is hard to watch the theatrical release of Star Wars. Um, and I think as long as if as long as the updates are do not detract and are not like dated, like as long as it's we we updated this to be 4K, but in the style of the, the 2003 film, I will be OK with it. But if it's like we just completely re mocapped Smeagol, it'll be like, mm, I'm not happy with that. That is bad. Can I finish making the point I was making now? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What I was saying is I have no problem with them making them. I have a problem with the way people have reacted to the extended editions, much in the same way people reacted to the Star Wars prequels in which they became the arbiters of what was right and what was wrong and what was canon and what was not. And it has existed in my life since well before there were Star Wars prequels. Um, It has existed since I was in high school, since I was watching these movies, since I was going to like marching band sleepovers and being uh, talked down to by people and, 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 and criticized by people for only having seen the original versions, the ones I got the DVDs for when they first came out and that I was somehow lesser or didn't experience the story properly or didn't understand the story properly because of the things that were chosen to be left on the table. The exact same thing that has happened with the Star Wars sequels where people have decided that what happened in those movies was incorrect from their camp. That is a harmful thing to the movie experience. It has been a harmful thing to my watching experience of the movies and it has been a harmful thing to the way people react and understand and 
and interface with these movies. That is my criticism of the extended editions, mm -hmm. is that people then become their own arbiters of this canon in a way that just doesn't matter. I can feel that. I do feel like there is certainly pressure from... I, I, I will concede that I don't like that there is this gatekeeping to the fandom of you need to... It's not that... Here's the gatekeeping I would be more okay with, because this is how I feel about the Potter fandom. Although, at the end of the day, if you saw Chamber of Secrets and were like, that was a pretty good movie, I like Harry Potter, you can call yourself a Harry Potter fan. I don't want to, let me be very clear, there is no gate you have to, to pass through. Uh, but the gatekeeping, I feel like, should be, did you read the books, not did you see the extended editions? And that's the thing half the time, is it's people who have never read the books having these conversations over extended versus not extended. And like, right. oh, it didn't happen, this isn't right, because it didn't happen in this way in the theatrical, but it did happen this way in the extended. And it's like, you're still missing the source material entirely. Right. Like 100%. I don't know. It is, I have come up with many people, against many people like this, and I've been friends with many people like this that are like, I, I, theatrical's trash. I will not watch it. It's just simply how it was not made to be seen. Yeah. And that's what, that's where I'm like, well, then you don't like the movies. <laughs> Like this right, is right. what then you, then you think yeah, they then made you don't bad like movies. the movies. And that's the yeah. thing is like ninety percent of movies don't have this happen because or not not even ninety one ninety nine point nine repeating percent of movies don't have this happen right yeah. because the the things they get left on the table oh they come out in deleted scenes or whatever who am I Hedwig uh, and you know we can just be like oh cool that was a blooper like whatever but then they they stick them back in and suddenly people are like oh well, this is this was just simply better which it isn't by, by the way uh, fellowship fellowship extended edition there were maybe one or two scenes that I was like oh i think the movie would have benefited from keeping this in but pretty much everything else i was like yeah no it makes complete sense why this wasn't in and in fact it's better because of the way that they did it in theatrical edition so james cameron I mean, turned in like a six hour version of the abyss and the studio was like we're not we're not showing a six hour movie we're not gonna do it and he's like well then i don't want to show it i'm like uh, <laughs> but you have signed a contract, so give us the footage and we're going to edit it. Thank you. Um, all that being said, though, I guess I, I just kind of like want to I want to move on from extended theatrical because it's something that I've been talking about for weeks now, it feels like um, just, you know, whatever way that you enjoy this series is, you know, good, good for you. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you you can't enjoy it that way. But also keep in mind that like that other people enjoy things their own way and if they enjoy it differently than you then just sit down and be quiet can i make end. one last point <laughs> it, it, yeah okay they are doing reshoots for the snyder cut and i'm 100 percent against that i'm so against that. they're I'm doing like full reshoots the they're adding jared leto into the movie yeah i'm not like the snyder cut as it in existence is toxic to the film and fan community entirely in a di like, completely I, different way than the extended editions are and in a di completely different way than the star wars sequels and the fans of the star wars sequels are this is just this is him not being happy with how it went down and being like i'm gonna make my own movie right and it's it's not even snyder that's the problem because he like left the project to deal with like a, a either the birth of or the death of a family member like i totally understand his priority there and i don't think josh Whedon made like like justice league is a watchable movie it's not great it's not the avengers which is what it has to be compared to but it's okay it's better than superman 2005 uh maybe not in score but it's like it's more no watchable. justice league is not better than the kevin spacey superman is that the brandon ruth one yeah where he stops a bullet with his eye yeah, nah, Superman okay. Returns. It was okay. It's better than Justice League. It's watchable, at least. It's a contained story. So it's Justice League. Eh, not really. But that's, the the point I'm trying to make is like Joss Whedon didn't do like didn't make an unwatchable film, and it is the fans like demanding it in like death threats and violence and this like angry mob mentality, and then saying to them, "What you're doing can work," is what frustrates me more than anything else. Is like, do not give in 
to these and i i like part of me really hopes the snyder cut is absolutely fantastic like an amazing uh, justice league film but i have zero expectation for it to be that nobody working on the project has made a good movie the original like wasn't that good i don't know what you could change about it where i would be like oh if just wonder woman had done this one thing it would have been great like it's not the situation it's just not that good right it's not like you could stick a couple scenes back in of faramir talking about boromir and it makes sense right where you'd be like I really didn't understand this. Well, and then they added that in and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think the Snyder Cut is a bad thing. We're coming to the end of our recording block. Michael, I wanted to make a point though. That's no, I, I don't you remember to, I what it hear was. It. Oh, sorry. We talked I about just, Justice League. Uh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be quite honest. When y'all started talking about Snyder Cut, I got on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the Snyder Cut is. <laughs> And I don't so need to explain to me. I'm glad that you don't, because this is a reminder for us to explain things to folks. In some years ago, there was a Justice League movie. Now, the Justice League is the DC Avengers. It's the like easiest way I can boil it down for you. It's like Superman, The Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, I think are the ones in the Aquaman. film. Aquaman is in there too. Yeah. Uh, they made a superhero movie called The Justice League, where Zack Snyder was the director, and he had to step out because there was either like the birth of a child or the death of a family member. Like a perfectly good reason for him to step away from the project. And Josh Whedon, who had directed Age of Ultron, yeah. one of the Avengers movies, or one the of the big two, Avenger I projects, think. yeah, stepped in. And this was like, oh, wow, this is exactly the person you would want to replace Zack Snyder. And then it came out, and it it was not that good. So for the past however many years, there has been this, like, rumored version of the film that Zack Snyder originally cut that is supposed to be, like, fantastic. Just this amazing Justice League movie with Zack Snyder's original vision. And so about six months ago, Zack Snyder came out, and he was like, okay, you're right. The Snyder Cut exists, and we're releasing it next year because 2020 sucks. The problem is that like isn't real. Like the Snyder Cup did not exist and now they're spending more than $30 million reshooting part of Justice League and adding characters and spending $30 million on a film that is supposed to be already completed. Like the $30 yep. million isn't a uh, marketing budget. On a film that's already made. editing budget. So it's like... And the reshooting with Jared Leto budget. Right. So it's... But the whole reason that this happened was that the fans weren't happy and they like bullied Warner Brothers into releasing the Snyder Cut. And so they thought as part of like COVID relief that this would be like something that lifted people's spirits. But oh. the, the fan community around it has been nothing but like evil and toxic like it is not a good community and if you think star wars is bad or the lord of the rings extended edition community is bad like neither pale in comparison to this like the snyder cut fans are like basically jk rowling like they're, they're just evil they're bad people sounds like it um you want to know what else is terrible that reunion scene it was not oh great. my gosh i loved that it i teared up great i'm such a i'm such a puppy man i loved it um, it was slow-mo it was warm lighting no. oh i was there he looks at Gandalf and Gandalf just <laughs> oh it's, it's, so good. it's hard to watch it's terrible um I'm not gonna go into it here because I literally <laughs> talked about it for 30 plus minutes probably on Lord of the Rings minute um we covered five minutes and the first minute was uh or the first three minutes were the reunion scene and it was all terrible um yeah it's just they're just about done the funny thing, though, is, yeah, they're almost done. It's crazy. Um, Are they doing Hobbit? Uh, I think they're doing like a condensed version. They're not doing minute by minute for the Hobbit, though. They were um, like, get us out of this. <laughs> they're like, we don't want to do it's Hobbit. Been years. It's, like, it's been years. No, it's they've like, literally been doing, yeah, they've been doing Lord of the Rings for, I think, like four or five years. So It's like the Granny uh, Shifton podcast where they go over the entire Fast and the Furious franchise minute by minute. There's like nine of those movies. <laughs> Ryan's going to be doing that until he dies. They're all not <laughs> short either <laughs> like not a single they're one of them is under long. two hours 
Um, um, yeah, so if you want to hear me talk at length about the reunion scene, go listen to Lord of the Rings Minute. <laughs> um, if you want, no pressure. Also, just go listen to Lord of the Rings Minute. They sound nice. Uh, they are. They're very cool, nice people. Um, what else happens in this movie? I know we're almost out. I don't know. I feel like we didn't talk about the movie at all because there's so much. To- the problem is that, like, this movie, so much happens in it that, like, I don't know what to talk about, so I just didn't. This movie is literally twice as long as our it, recording block. It ended so here's the th- here's the thing is it won't stop ending it's still the- <laughs> out there ending somewhere <laughs> no, no no the battle the battle of pelinar fields ended and you know and pippin the over <laughs> pippin is like don't worry mary i'll take care of you and they have that nice little moment and then i was like oh wow that was a great movie oh wait there's a whole other movie left after this but there's, there's still an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> there's still an hour and a half left yeah basically oh my god um um I want to tell real quick how uh, when they're regrouping after the battle and deciding what to do next, there's a shot of Aomer and Legolas standing next to each other and Aomer is built like a building and Legolas looks like a twig. Uh, uh, there's no... We didn't even talk about Frodo and Sam and Gollum. Carl, Carl Urban terrible. is heavily underrated. Huh? So Carl Urban is heavively underrated just as an actor, <laughs> as a unit. Uh, he Well, that's the thing is Aomer is a unit. <laughs> I mean, he was in Star Trek. He was in the Avengers. Well, he wasn't in the Avengers. He's in the MCU. Uh, he might have been in the Avengers. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Oh, one thing that I. You're it, good. What? Who? Me? Ethan? Yeah. No, you. Me? Why? What? what you just had a moment of like. Uh, <laughs> you just went like. You're like. Oh, can I? Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I quit. This is my last appearance on the WB and E Network. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at MC WhatsApp. To be and fair, Instagram America like, quits MC- twice a week. Maybe more. <laughs> more twice lately. A day these days. Twice yeah. a day lately. <laughs> Talking about peaking earlier. You've and, given and me you've given me too much power by literally any time I'm like I quit I quit. You guys are like, no, no, I take it all back. No, so you've given please. me too much power. Which is why we're the Hades trio. Fine. The next time you say you quit, I'm <laughs> deleting your show. Fun fact. <laughs> no, don't do that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun fact, I've moved up in the ratings from a four point five to a four point seven. Still the lowest yeah. rating. WB and E show. The only moment I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it's I have, tough, though, I because I have... like you're again, you're inter- interfacing with one of the worst parts of the of yeah. fandom. Um, like I, uh, um, yeah, I think I have more one star uh, ratings than I do four star ratings. So because like I, I, the part we didn't talk about earlier is out there, there are still the Lord of the Rings fans that are like, oh, Peter Jackson did a bad job. I won't watch the movies. Those are not canon. No, they're not. They are. Definitely those not are those canon. are the Tolkien fans I'm afraid of. <laughs> they are. Though, like the movies are the correct way to interface with this series. I have really good news, guys. I we are we are approaching wrap time, and if you want more of our silly discussions, head over to patreoncom eggs under the five dollar tier, and you can get the hash browns. There'll be three Mary Clay hash browns as of this upload. So, uh, well, there'll be like way more than that. We've done all sorts of stupid stuff with Mary Clay, uh, but it's the show after the show. It's great. I want to talk about the big board. We have a new annual leader. Do we? Is it this? Is Lord of the Rings: Return of the King with a whopping bacon and egg score of ninety four? Dang, which passes Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers as ninety. 
1992. Like I think that uh, that that actually that fits. I believe it is you specifically that did that with your five percent swing. Uh, your Rotten Tomatoes audience score last week was an eighty. No, that that was this week was an eighty. I don't remember what your score last week was. What uh, my score? Yes, you you get five percent. I gave of the a vote. ninety this week, not an eighty. Uh, let's see. That's correct. So last week we gave an eighty. So that would have been a two point swing, right? Sure. That's, I don't know. You're talking to me uh, about numbers. Yeah, I don't is, know. Math is loud. Math is hard. Anyway, you had some sort of impact on this for certain. Life is short okay. but sweet for. Life so the short problem with the new rating system for certain. The problem with the new rating system you strike is me as a it's knowing a, two all step. All the little ants are yeah, marching. Oh, that's ants marching. Ants marching. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> D- are you a big Dave B- fan? D- B- Wait, hold well, on. Actually, it's not <laughs> it's That is two step. Yeah, it, it is. is two step. Oh, is you just it? you combine two songs. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh shit, you guys are freezing. Oh wait, no, no, no. You're back. You're back. Okay. It's all good. It's all well, fine. Anyway, the problem with the new rating system on Bacon and Eggs here is that like last year it was just a farce, right? Like everything was garbage, and we just put <laughs> put it where we wanted, right? <laughs> what did you give this a 95, 94, 95, Me? 94? No, like what's the total? It's a ninety four total. Ninety four. To- See, that's now that's a target. For Ethan, but you only get 25% of the vote. Right, but like, that's, a, I want to find a movie that beats that now. Like, that's yes. my goal for the year. So He's what's crazy give. is, is on our year one through three list, I can think of, it's, the challenge is that the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, like the, the Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes have to compete as well. The only film series that I think could come close to beating Return of the King has already been reviewed, and we will not re-review Toy Story. And that is what I think could beat it. There are movies out there. Boo. There, are, there are single movies out there. The, here's here's what you're saying, Mary Clay. The problem, the challenge, Toy Story I know could win because it's got great Rotten Tomatoes scores, which makes a 20% of very the total. surprised looking up the Rotten Tomatoes stuff for, for Return of the King. The audience score was an 86. That makes like this is so beloved by people. People I can't believe it yeah, was. Yeah, but that like low. people will always find something to complain about with the end. Oh, yeah. Which ones? But uh shh, get no, it, but like the last movie in the thing. Rotten Tomatoes audience score doesn't get factored in on the Return of the King because you take that. We had score. a guest, yeah. So the go- the goal is to I find know, a no, movie. No, I was just looking it up to find uh, a movie that's going to go really well with the audience and also really well with a guest. Right, because beating the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is going to now. We had a ninety four, so the Rotten Tomatoes audience score could be a zero, and we could still, in theory, pass it. Get a uh, should get Jack Black on for School of Rock. I don't think that could possibly beat it because Metacritic also gets five percent right. of the vote. I uh, to be fair, I will say. I would rather watch School of Rock than any of these movies. Because School, School of Rock is much shorter. That has nothing yes. to do with it. See, that that's what does it for me is that like these are good movies, but I don't want to rewatch them because I was very sleepy when I finished Return of the King last night. <laughs> and yeah, I started are- it at like eight o'clock. I know there are people out there that do this, but I'm definitely not the kind of person that can be like, okay, well, I finished Return of the King. I'm going to watch Fellowship next. That's the next movie I'm going to watch. That's right? what freaking Amazon tried to do with me. It started auto-playing uh, uh, Fellowship. It was but like, oh, people you just do that. finished like, they're every time, the Every time I put a movie on, I'm going to watch one of the three of them. People do this with Potter. People do this with Toy Story. People do this with everything. They'd be like, oh, finish the last one. Next movie I watch is going to be the first one. Like, that is wild to me. I couldn't I do that with do anything, that with a, but I definitely couldn't do that with these. I kind of do that with TV shows where I finish the sh- the, my rewatch and then I'm like, oh, that was a good show. I'm going to start it again. Oh, gosh. I, do I not get it more that. with TV shows, though, because like TV shows <laughs> usually come a lot further than most movie series. Like, you cover more ground mm-hmm. just 
I mean, maybe not with the MCU, but like with most movie series, like you cover more ground with seven seasons, ten seasons of a TV yeah. show than you do with three movies. Um, just in I terms, I definitely of like, see the motivation for finishing Endgame and being like, I would like to see what happens in Iron Man. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like you go back, you want to watch. Se- I don't know that I'd want to watch seasons two through eight again, but like I can see finishing season nine and being like, I want to see how this started. Because it's you're like distanced enough from right. it that you're like, what happened in the beginning? Yeah, Let's I could definitely see, see watching yeah. Endgame and being like, I want to watch Iron Man. I could not see watching Endgame and being like, you know what would hit. Infinity War. <laughs> you know what hit? Avengers. Actually, it probably would. I, I know that I wouldn't finish Iron Man and be like, Incredible Hulk, here we come. Liv Tyler, you were in this series I'd skip at some point. Incredible Hulk, I would skip Iron Man 2. I'd probably skip Thor and First Captain America and go, go straight, straight to back Avengers, to Avengers 1. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we've got the big board. Ethan, do you want to wrap the show? Yeah. Thank you for listening to Bacon and Eggs. You can find us anywhere on the internet at Bacon and Eggs Pod. You can find the show where, well, you're listening to the show, but you can find it wherever podcasts are sold or given away for free. Bacon and Eggs pod uh bacon and eggs movie lovers podcast you can find that's what i'm talking about also anywhere podcasts are given away uh that's what i'm talking about and sorry i almost i almost spilled that's fine you can find the you can find mary clay at mc what's up on twitter or uh mc turned down for what on uh it's called instagram that's what i think it's called instagram straight flex it uh also listen to this past week's episode of that's what i'm talking about i had adol refi on to finish fellowship of the ring cool and it was uh it was very fun yeah, I love um, that over five. Tyler and I will see you next Thursday. We will probably also see you sometime before then. Why uh, will we you? Got, oh, oh, the audience, not, you, not me. The, the audience. <laughs> We will not like, see you next Thursday. We're not, we, we're we will not recording. Not, likely, we will not F- see you again. Yeah. Well, Tyler's uh, having another child, so we'll likely see you again when Tyler's having a child. Well, that's not for nine months, no. After this, Ruff- um, Not nine months are, anymore. Yeah, it's it, it has not gone down or up since you last said it. <laughs> no, it has. Yeah, for sure. Um, so no, I'll probably have you back are, on then since you're an easy person to just kind of call up and no, do something No, my plans with. for the after this are I'm uh, diminishing into the West, and well, you just never hear from me again. We'll call you back when you're doing the Hobbit movie. I do not expect you to, listeners, I want to put this out there, I do not expect Tyler and Ethan to cover the Hobbit movies. Oh, we'll definitely cover the Hobbit movies. I don't, like... I don't want to put you through that. There are very few franchises out there when it's all said and done that we're gonna cover compared to like all of the movies so like we gotta we gotta finish this well, one no i think you've done all i know I, I think you've i think i think that's Lord what i'm saying we've Rings done marvel counts. we've done star wars we've done potter we're kind of like if we need a franchise we're running out of stuff unless we want to start going like divergent yeah the dive actually i do tyler i do really want to cover the first divergent movie because i want to see if it sucks or not i've only seen it once and i remember it fondly it was good but just the first one Anyway, I know we've talked about Divergent a bunch on this show, but literally I was going to text you earlier and be like, hey, can we cover the first Divergent movie soon? Because I had a thought earlier. So it was weird that Divergent keeps coming up here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll cover The Matrix at some point, at least the first one. Um, it's not a lot of... The franchises weren't a thing for a long time. We'll probably eventually cover the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um, for February. Yeah, well, you keep saying that. And then <laughs> like it keeps it's not thing. happening. Well, uh, it's also February is Black History Month, so yeah. it's like mm, we could do that, or and also we could. that's I just rarely do I want to cover the same movie three weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> I've anyway. enjoyed this. This we'll must have been yeah, fun. real fun for you then. <laughs> no, this is fine. It's just like I would have preferred to watch three different movies for sure. Um, I like changing it up every week. I got really yeah, bored. Yeah, so imagine of... yeah, so so imagine 
what you've been doing where you watch the same movies for three weeks in a row and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. And now I'm ready to watch a different movie. Yeah, I mean, we um, did like we did like 20 episodes straight of Marvel. That was rough. No, that's me. That's me until January. I got I got bored of superheroes by the end of that. Just of the, the concepts of the advanced levels of drama that go into it. Anyway, um, our graphics are based on Brandon Graphite.vmb on Instagram. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, AndrewScottBellMusic.com. I've been Ethan Ed Schultz. He's been Mary Clay Watt. He's been Tyler Carlin. Until next week, Arrivederci. Evergon, son of Everthorn. Son of Arador, son of Argonui, son of Arathon, son of Arasuil, son of Arahad, son of Aravorn, son of Aragos, son of Arahad, son of Araglas, son of Aragon, son of Arayivir, son of Aranuir, son of Arahael, son of Aranarth, son of Arvidui, son of Araval, son of Arvaleg, son of Arvagil, son of Argleb, son of Arafor, son of Arvaleg. Son of Argaleb, son of oh no, past the A's. Son of Malvagil, son of Celebrindor, son of Malor, son of Beleg, son of Almlaith, son of Erandor, son of Elendor, son of Valandor, son of Tarandor, son of Tarsil, son of Arantar, son of Eldakar, son of Attila.